When I was 15, I was going to school at a boarding academy in southern Alberta, outside of Calgary, where my mom and my sister were living. During that time, my father was in a year-long lockdown rehabilitation for drug and alcohol addiction. And I was pretty miserable as a 15-year-old, and I was really not fitting in. A lot of questions about my purpose, and why am I even here, and no one likes me, and I can't make friends, and what am I even doing? My father would call me sometimes, and we would just commiserate over about the problems of our lives, my teenage hell, and his lockdown addiction hell, and he offered me an escape route. He said, why don't you come fishing with me this summer? And I jumped at the opportunity. So that summer, I was 16, and I flew up into Dillingham, Alaska. And I'd been coming up there pretty regularly as a child. I flew in those tiny little planes and would visit my dad in late season fishing. But I'd never worked for him, and I'd never worked in a fishery. So um, over the course of that first summer, we bonded in some pretty amazing ways. And my mom and dad divorced when I was four. So he hadn't played a very active role in my life. And this was an amazing opportunity to get to know him on this level where he was so in his element. And he understood the waves and the sea and where to see the sandbar and how to avoid them. And I just, I got to marvel at my father who up until that point had not been that fantastic to me. So I fished for him for the first couple of summers and we continued to connect. But at the same time, his drug and alcohol addiction continued to accelerate, and he was very ill. And doctors were giving him and saying, one more drink, and it could be your last. But that wasn't enough, so he continued throughout his journey in those challenges. So uh, on the third summer, I went up there and told him, I can't fish for you anymore. It's too hard for me to watch you hurt yourself. And so I stopped fishing with him, and I kind of like divorced that experience of fishing with my father, and I believe that created a really strong rift in our relationship throughout our lives. So in, I, I continued to fish for other fishermen throughout the next few years, and in 2008, I found out that my dad was in a coma in Albany. Oregon, and he wasn't coming out. So I drove 10 hours as fast as I could, and I spent the last three days with him. It was a really powerful experience witnessing him take his last breaths. And during that time, I was realizing this whole business, his fishing business, the boat, the limited entry permit, the land, the junk, the collection, the legacy, it's all going to be landing in my lap. I don't know if I want that. I don't know if this is a career that actually even really speaks to me that much. I've been doing it kind of out of necessity because it just works and that's two months out of the year. So, and my dad had never really instilled in me the confidence that I was ready to be at the helm, to captain this boat. Yeah. And, and that created in me this kind of cloud of capability that I lived underneath. And so I continued to fish for other people and the boat sat and sad, and kind of sunk into the permafrost and more and more every year. And I kept wondering, what's going to happen with that boat? And I have his ashes, and I know he really wants to be in the bay, sprinkled in the bay, um, but I'm just not ready. I, I, I don't even think I want to be a captain. I mean, 
going through a lot of challenges in that time too around purpose and feeling like I'm meant to be a counselor and a coach and to help support people living into their dreams and removing emotional blocks and being better communicators. What does that have to do with fishing in Alaska? <laughs> so in 2012, this is four years after my father passed, I came up once again to fish on a boat with someone I'd never met and started hearing rumors about this man. His name is Michael Jackson. <laughs> and, and, oh, he's tyrannical, and he's famous for ramming boats, and you're working for who? So apparently he was one of the, you know, most terrible and reckless fishermen of the bay that I just so happened to land a job on this boat. And, but I was a woman, I'm a woman of my words, I wanted to finish out the season, and I did. I went and fished for him, and there were many horrifying, um, hellish moments on that boat, including being down on my hands and knees and covered from head to toe in blood and slime and fish scales all over my face and I was like on my hands and knees tearing gills out of the cheeks of salmon and throwing them into bags and someone screaming down my neck, Heather, move faster, goddammit, can't you move faster? I'm just like, oh, I'm having this epiphany moment in this intensity, in the intensity of having an epiphany. So it had its fair share of rust. 
and things that needed to be replaced. And we just worked really, really hard for a whole month. And the day before summer solstice, we got news that there was probably going to be fishing time. And we wait for the Alaska Department of Fishing Game to tell us when we can go fishing. So I'm managing it to make sure that it remains a healthy ecosystem. And so there's someone welding a hole on the bottom of the boat and like moving as fast as we possibly can to try and catch the tide to head out to the fishing district. And it's been beautiful weather for three weeks, but all of a sudden it's a storm coming. So it was a really rough journey down to the fishing grounds. And both of my guys, who were seasoned fishermen, were rocking over the side of the boat. And I was driving like 17 hours, which was twice as long as I was supposed to be. And we land in the fishing district at 7.30 in the morning, a half hour before the first legal time we're allowed to put our nets in the water. Get my guys up, and they put the nets on the reel, we set out, and it was an amazing day. The fish hit hard, and it was incredibly successful. I was at the helm instead of on the back deck, and I was like, tell the guys what to do. And they're like, throw that buoy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do this my way. I don't have to scream. I can just be loving towards these amazing people. We're all looking at it. So it was an amazing day, incredibly successful. And as my first day as captain on the summer solstice, uh, I decided that was the moment I wanted to sprinkle my father's ashes. So I told my guys, and we anchored up, and told stories, and bonded, and cried, and hugged, and I realized, this is kind of my dream coming true. I'm fishing, and I'm doing this sort of burly, intense, industrial thing, and I'm getting to help be in heart space with other people, and connect, and communicate, and like merge in those worlds. And so after we had our bonding moment talking about fathers, and one of my guys had lost his father in a very similar way to my dad around the same age. And it was just a very sweet moment. I took the little humble cardboard box that I'd been holding on to for four years, and I went up to the flybridge, and it was, I think the moon was in the sky, and this, one of those endless sunsets that just last forever up there, the land of the midnight sun. And I reached into the bag of ashes, the box that said, Mark Allen Hall on top. And I grabbed those ashes, so human, even in their rawness, and just said a little prayer. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you for bringing me to this amazing place on the planet and showing me my own power, my own capacity, for giving me the gift of this profession that has supported me, for connecting and seeing that that was something that I could potentially live into it in this really beautiful way. And I know you probably didn't think I was ready, but you probably see now that I am. And I think you'd be really proud of me. And I took those ashes, and I lifted my hand up in the air, and I threw them up into the sky, because the wind was so strong, it just swept them away in these white ribbons of peace. And it was a beautiful moment. So to this day, I still question my purpose. I still question why am I here? What am I really meant to be doing? And I still long to help people and I, I thrive when I am supporting people and living into their dreams and counseling and coaching them on their life path. And I'm a fisherwoman. I'm a captain. And I get, I'm so excited that I get to bridge these worlds within myself and on a boat in Alaska. 